We love you guys so much. You may be seated, Oak Grove. Thank you at home for joining us. We know that many are out sick, and uh, if it's not COVID, it's the other thing. Nobody even knows what that is. I had COVID uh, six years ago and still have the remnants. That's the way it feels. And uh, COVID is a serious thing. How many is ready to get rid of it? Lord, get rid of it in the name of Jesus. For some, it's just a little quick virus and they get over it. For others, it's very detrimental, even taking lives. So we never make light of it and all the politics of it and all the pain of it. It's just a whole lot going on. But listen, listen, before you're quick to just spout off, remember somebody hurt. I said somebody's hurting. For somebody, it may be not much. For somebody else, it's a whole lot. And so there's lots of different things going on. But I'm believing God to put it under his feet. Stamp it out. Put it away. Let's get past it. And if the church will believe and agree, you ought to say amen. Amen. Well, I want to talk about generosity. Now, I want to first of immediately, I want to say generosity does not equal money. Are y'all waiting for Chrissy and them to come back before y'all get with it? Let's wait on them to get back, all right, and then we'll get preaching. Uh, good morning, everybody. I'm glad you're here. I'm in a series on favor, in case you just joined us. We're in a series on favor. Today's topic is favor and generosity. I don't know that you can have favor without the heart of generosity. But here's a simple point. A simple point. How in the world do you expect God to be so generous to you and you turn around and be greedy and stingy to everybody else? Are you seeing what I'm saying? So favor, while they're coming, let me just see. Uh, I love to be favored. Does anybody like to be favored? Does anybody like to go to parties and you wait to the end of the party where you get party favors? Nobody knows what that is. Oh, glory to God. Let me see what I have in my pocket. I might have a party favor for this couple right over here. Free concrete from Andy's. You have to share it. They're newlyweds. Do you have any more? Josiah, maybe. I do. I have another one. You can share it with your lady. And uh, and maybe one more. You have to share it with your mom and dad and mother-in-law, too. Andy's. One cone, two loves, one flesh. I just gave him a favor. I just gave it to him because I wanted to. Plus, I had him left over from something. I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's just an ice cream cone in case you're feeling left out. Next week, I'll come to the other side, okay, and bless you all. Have you ever just wanted to favor someone? Have you ever just wanted to bless someone? Favor basically is uh, generosity without strings attached. Uh, basically, definition of favor is uh, um, <laughs> is uh, giving without strings attached. But let's look at the scriptures today. The Message Bible says, remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. Can somebody say amen? You sow sparingly, you reap. Uh, that's King James, in case you got offended that I used the Message Bible. I mean, it was still the Bible. Get over it and read something else. Uh, you know, in another version, there it is. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. And I want each of you to take plenty of time to think about it, think it over, and make up your mind, your own mind, um, with, with what you will give. That will protect you against sob stories, arm twisting. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. King James, 
The Lord loves a cheerful giver, right? Just want to give it to both of you, both generations, so nobody throws stones at me. The Bible's still the Bible, and this is what it's saying. Generosity is an attitude of the heart. Favor is not something you do hoping somebody else does something back to you. Okay? By the way, Josiah, you owe me an ice cream. Okay? No. That's not what it's like. You don't give wanting something back. You give unilaterally. You give not asking for anything in return. The central point for today in this lesson four, uh, generosity is not about what's in your pocket. It's about what is in your heart. Can you say amen to that? Hey, Christy, name my back. Can you say amen to that? All right, we'll get started here. It looks like you're still frozen. But we're going we're gonna to believe God because a generous person gives uh, others the benefit of the doubt, treats others with respect. It's not just about money. It's not about money, Mark. It's about, it's about an attitude of the heart. In fact, your treasure, wherever your uh, heart is, that's where your treasure is. It's about, it's about a generous spirit. It's about, it's about a right spirit. Remember in Ruth, she did the right thing and she fell on uh, to the blessings of of handfuls on purpose. Why? Because she did the right thing in taking care of her mother-in-law who was widowed, right? And even instead of being self-centered, she lost her husband too. But she's thinking about her mother-in-law. Your God will be my God. Where they bury you, they'll bury me. That's a powerful commitment that she made. And how many know God sees every time you make a covenant commitment to somebody. See, when I learned real quick when I first got saved that I, I, got, I gave my heart to Jesus, Max, that means I died to my flesh and I lived for Jesus. First covenant. How many believe that? How many believe when you give your heart to Jesus, you die to yourself and you live for the Lord? You die to self, live for the Savior. So that's the covenant we made, me and God. That's what he expects. He gave it to me unilaterally by faith. I believe in him. He graced me undeserved, unmerited favor. But ever since then, how many know the Lord keeps on giving and giving? I mean, it's like, not like he had given us enough. But I think about the thief on the cross. I mean, this world is so depraved. God can never do enough for them. I mean, the thief on the cross was railing out accusations to Jesus who was giving his life. And he says at the end, he says, if you will want me to believe into you, go ahead and come down off the cross. As if giving his life on the cross was not enough, he wants one more thing. If you just do one more thing, how many know if you are living in the world, you're never going to be satisfied? Give me a little bit more monitor because I've got a little frog in my throat, but if you don't mind, I'm going to let the frog preach. Jesus gave everything. Thank you so much, brother. Jesus gave everything he had, but it was not enough. He favored us. So therefore, I died to myself and I live for God. The second time I died, Max, I married Melissa. 39 years ago this year. 39 years. Hey, that's a, that's a, that's a, a big deal in today's society. 39 years. 20 years with one church. 39 with one woman. I mean, oh, the Lord's been good to me. But every, listen to me, this is just the intro about a generous heart. Every time you make a covenant, something dies. In the case with God, I die. 
In case with Melissa, I died again. Two deaths. Then we had Tori, third death. Chrissy, fourth death. Oak Grove, fifth death. Are y'all hearing me? Come on, listen. Self-centered pastors can't really pastor their church. They want their church to do everything, and they don't want to do anything. In a covenant, it's both and. Except with God. He's the only unilateral covenant there is. How many know, no matter how good you do or faithful you stay, how many know he's still going to be favorable towards you? Now, you can forfeit that. You can cut that. You can sever that. Can I tell you, if you're here today and you feel like you've severed your relationship with God, can I give you good news? His mercies are new every morning. Aren't you glad for the forgiveness we have, for the grace we have in God? Pastor Harry Cole, it's good to see you. Welcome, Brother Harry and his family. God bless you. I love seeing you every first Sunday of the month. Never enough. I want more and more and more, but I get it. I get it. But in a depraved society, it's hard to keep uh, even believers satisfied today because they have more like a closed fist spirit instead of an open-handed heart of generosity. So that's my topic, and I'm going to hit it hard, and I need you all to help me. Giving with no strings attached, or what I call unilateral giving. Unilateral giving. Uh, Jesus said, hey, uh, I'll teach you how to love. He said, you love has to go one way. If you love, if you pat somebody else in the back because you want to be patted on the back, then you're missing the point. If you give because you want somebody to give back to you, you missed the point. I mean, no, it's one way. It's God's love. It's God's favor. It's God's grace. And so if you grace anybody, if you give to anybody, if you're generous to anybody, not with just money, with your life. How about opening the door for somebody? Can anybody find out we're living in a rude cultural culture? Rude. I mean, you just walk in, you think you're going to hold the, boom, the door hits you in the face. They didn't have the audacity to hold the door five more seconds. I mean, you're right on their heels. When I open the door and I feel like somebody's behind me, I just, I just keep it open. It doesn't make me great. It just makes me respectful. It makes me courteous. If we can just get God's people to be kind, I mean, we'd have some serious breakthrough. So we're not talking about a whole lot. We're not asking for a whole lot. We're talking about developing an attitude of generosity, kindness, gracious, respectful, courteous. You know, we go to the restaurant and eat, Melissa and I, and, and we look around. Everybody's got their phone. They're just oblivious to anything anybody else is doing. How many know it's just plain old rude? Go sit in a corner somewhere and be by yourself. But when you're in public, how many know you ought to give your attention to the people that's with you? I know years ago, Melissa uh, loves to shop. Y'all know that. And, uh, and I don't. Y'all know that. But to be with my lady, she's going to go shopping. i got to be with her, right? So I'd go to the mall. I said, honey, I was with you. I stood in the hallway the mall. Can't stand the perfume smell. Can't stand the smell of the carpet in the dress shops. I can't stand any of it. I can't stand the prices on the, on the tags. And, and it's not like you just go in and grab something and go out. You got to go down every aisle, every rack. I go straight to the clearance rack. If it doesn't have what I want, I'm out of here. That's how easy it is. But So I would say, listen, I went to the mall with you, but the credits are, how many know the guys, the credits are up every night at midnight, no matter how well you did. You have to start all over in the morning. 
I was trying to get some points, and I said, hey, baby, I went to the mall with you. Yeah, yeah. He said you was with me, but you really wasn't with me. Like, help me, Lord. I took philosophy, but I think I failed it. It's not really with me. It's like chairness. It's not really a chair. It's just a, 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 I don't know what it is. But what she's saying is you weren't really aware of your surroundings. You were standing in the, I was in the store. You were standing out there waiting for me to be done. See that? I wasn't really with her. I'm learning. It's only been 39 years. Give me 39 more. I'll be the husband she dreams about. Called love and respect. Men and women deal with it all the time. Since this is uh, Valentine weekend or next weekend, we'll be. Hope you all go out and have have a nice date. But love and respect is a big deal when it comes to generosity. Women want to be loved. Men want to be respected. So women say, "As soon as you love me, I'll respect you." And men say, "As soon as you respect me, I'm going to love you." And round and round we go. Are you hearing me? So this attitude of generosity, it's one of the virtues that we really need to get a hold of in the church. Really, it's about your heart, the condition of your heart. Same kind of generosity that we received when we became Christians. And uh, we decide to cultivate generosity where we could depend on God to help us do it. So how many of you know that we have a generous God? He's always unilaterally giving to us. Mark 12, Melissa said the Lord gave her a message that she's going to be bringing this to us pretty soon on the widow, the widow's mind. But here it is, sitting across from the offering box, Jesus was observing how the crowd tossed money in for the collection. Many of the rich were making large contributions. One poor widow came up and put in two small pieces of coin, mites. Jesus called his disciples over and said, the truth is, The truth is, this poor widow gave more to the collection than all the others put together. All the others gave what they'll never miss, but she gave extravagantly what she couldn't. um, She gave it all. What she couldn't give, she gave it all. The first thing I want you to see was the picture of generosity. And this is the greatest picture. When you think about giving your all, the widow's might and the widow, uh, Caleb and Tori brought me, Back from vacation, they brought me widow's mites. It's on my desk. Thank you, Caleb. I love it. I showed somebody yesterday a little widow's mite. It was Terry Rupert was in my office yesterday and said, that's the real widow's mite? I said, it's absolutely. Caleb met the widow last year, in, uh, and he got it from her. <laughs> Genuine ordeal. But, uh, but, but basically, worth what, two pennies? Nothing? So the first thing I want you to see is that God does math differently than we do math. So when it comes to generosity and giving, God is on a whole nother wavelength. We count nickels and noses. We keep tabs. We keep ledgers. That's why there's so much things going on in marriages today, because they keep a ledger. I did this, now you owe me that. I did this for you, now you do this for me. I mean, that's not how Jesus works. He saw the difference in the widow's might, and he made made the picture. The potential of generosity is she was not famous, she was not wealthy, she was not powerful, but boy, was she generous. She gave out of her very existence all that she had. Isn't that what Jesus did for you and me? I mean, God gave everything when he gave us Jesus. 
And yet we have the audacity to sit and worship and not worship like he didn't do anything. How I many know he deserves our worship? He deserves you to put a hand up. I, I was in the men's, we had a wonderful men's uh, uh, conference last Friday night right here. And I looked around and saw men with their hands in their pocket, just staring. With, during worship, they're just staring. Look, the Lord died on the cross, spent six hours on the cross in one day, and you can't spend five minutes with your hands in the air? Is anybody hearing the preacher? I'm about ready to take off. I mean, oh, you are a worshiper. You're supposed to be expressing your love. That's generous heart. When you think about it, the music is not what should draw you. It's what he did for you and me that ought to draw our hands in the air. It ought to fill our hearts with gratitude. It ought to make us want to give back something. Not the idea that you're entitled. That you got here today, and Pastor Ron, you ought to bless me. I'm putting up with your ugly-sounding voice. And so God is generous, but we have to develop his heart. Our world uh, stamped from the beginning by the divine generosity. It stands to reason we ought to take a risk at generosity. Amen? Offering ourselves to cultivate godliness in our heart, a picture of generous heart. and And so... She was dirt poor. Nobody wastes uh, a, a moment. Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to take advantage of this. He said, hey, boys, come over here. I want you to see this. This lady gave everything she had. And I'm sure they were perplexed and confused. Really? It's two widow's mites, Jesus. Can you not count? Let me know Jesus knows from where you're drawing your generosity. See, it's not always equal giving, but it can be equal sacrifice. It's Mission Sunday. Not everybody gives to missions at Oak Grove, but i got to tell you, some give a dollar a month, $12 a year. Some give 100 a month, $1,200 a year. Some might give 1000 a month, $12,000 a year. I don't think anybody does that, but I'd let you know if they did. But here's the deal. No matter the amount that you give, it's not the amount. It's not about money. It's about generosity. Are you all hearing me? It's not about the amount. It's about all of us together doing something for the mission of God. It's equal sacrifice because you could have worked all week just to get that dollar. And you gave out of your, you gave, you gave out of your need. You gave out of your sacrifice. And that's called generous giving. So, so it's a picture that Jesus wanted us to get. And then there's the potential to be generous. It's in all of us, right? And so she was, she was not expected to give. You don't expect a widow who has, Nothing to give anything, and yet she gave it all. That's the heart of generous. Most importantly, you've got to change the way you think about money. So, so Pastor, how, how do we become generous? How do I have a heart? All I want to know is, is I, I want to be on the pathway to becoming a generous person. Not with just money, but, but, but I, I, how do I cultivate generosity in my life? Well, you've got to change the way you think about money. If you, if you think it's all about money, you're going to take all that you can and can all you take, put it in your pocket, hide it, and hoard it. I hear people say all the time, Pastor Ron, I can't afford to pay tithe or give to the church, to mission. I barely make ends meet. Hey, what if you tried something different? What if you, cha- what if you took the challenge from the Lord to have a generous heart? Sow sparingly, reap sparingly. Sow bountifully or generously. Reap generously. So I wonder what you're sowing with. What are you sowing? It could be in direct proportion to what you're giving. 
Oh, I wish somebody was helping me preach this. You need to get over the idea that the money is yours. Can I have an amen on that? Get over the idea that the money belongs to you. I don't care what kind of money, if it's 10 cents or 10 million. It's not your money. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. Well, you don't believe me? Let me read it to you because, because James 16 through 18. So my very dear friends, he loves them. He's about to hit them in the eyeball, so he's calling them dear friends. Don't get thrown off course. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of light. There's nothing deceitful in God, nothing two-faced, nothing fickle. He brought us to life using the true word of the living God. That's the generosity we're talking about, about the people of generosity. You're never going to really develop and, and kind of get a, a, uh, a heart of generosity if you don't understand the depravity of human people. There are needs all around us. So, Pastor, I don't ever see anybody with a need. Can I tell you, you're walking around with blinders on. Open up your eyes. How many know there's needs all over the world? There's needs all over your neighborhood, all over your house. Somebody could have helped you, you know, you could have helped somebody in this morning. Right? Anything. Anything. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your heart as unto the Lord. A kind word. A note. I wrote a couple of notes this week. Thank you. Thank you. Okay? Come on. Jimmy didn't figure that out on Saturday Night Live. How many know you how many ever wrote thank you notes? Anybody before? Today. Hey, you might ought to try it. If you can't say it, at least you can write it. Gratefulness has gone out of the window. An attitude of gratitude in America seemed like we are entitled more than we're grateful. We need to learn how to be grateful. It is part of the virtue that opens up your hand, and now you don't have a closed fist. You have an open hand, opening doors, opening your hand. God can use an open hand. God never will pry your hand open to give anything to anybody. If you have an open hand, I mean, he'll put, (laughs) we don't like it when he takes stuff out of it. But how many like it when God puts money in it? Or something else in it. I know three people that liked the hand. They took it, didn't you, Josiah? All right. Today, he's probably before the service is over, he's running to, to Andy's. Okay? If your hand is only open to receive and never to be generous and give, you're missing the point. You're not, you certainly don't have the DNA of our God. So how do we do this? Well, get over the idea that money is yours, that you're the owner. The most vital step we take. Developing a generous spirit is thinking about money in the right way. Every perfect gift comes. We realize that nothing is ours to start with. We came into the world with nothing. We'll go out of the world with nothing. But in between the beginning and the end, Almighty God gives us the opportunity to manage some of his things. And it's not just money. It's people. How are you managing people in your life? How are you managing your relationships? How are you managing your coworkers? How are you managing your church family? How are you managing your responsibilities? Are y'all hearing me at all? So it's important that you catch this because because God wants to work. He wants to manage. He wants us to manage them in His behalf to make sure the work is getting done and His purposes and plans are being accomplished. And He wants us to manage it in behalf of our family. 
The Bible says he wants us to enjoy what he gives us, but we're not the owners. We've never been the owners, and we'll never be the owners. All that we have, all that we are, whatever be, it belongs to God. Amen? He just wants, can, can God trust you? It's been the buzzword during out, throughout the series. Can God trust you? Because if he can trust you, say, well, I'm single, and nobody wants to marry me. Can God trust you with a wife? Can God trust you with a husband? Well, I can't have kids. I try to have kids. Can God trust you with kids? Do you really know what kids bring? Nothing but a blessing. <laughs> Can God trust you with grandkids? See, every covenant you make, you die again. So let me give you a hint. If you'll just stay dead, you don't have to worry about it. It's when we try to rise up. I mean, we got to keep on crucifying the flesh. Crucify the flesh. If you get married, you become one flesh, but the spouse lives for the other one. A good marriage is when one spouse lives for this spouse and this spouse lives for this spouse. And all their needs are met. Are they perfect? Absolutely not. Like the guy who was... Who was uh, preaching on perfection and said, he said, if anybody here think they're perfect, one guy raised his hand. Pastor Stubbs said, you, sir, you think you're perfect? He said, no, but my wife's first husband, he was perfect for sure. You know, She could never measure up. You know, could never measure up. How I many know God doesn't measure the way man measures? God looks at your heart. And if you have a seed, just a seed, if you have a seed that would just be planted in your heart, of generosity. How many know it will grow? You cultivate that, water that, work on that. And so generosity is big. It's people in your life. If you if you're to develop a heart of generosity, you must first have a heart for the brokenness of humanity. You gotta open your eyes and see people. Uh not I don't want to steal the blessing, but Melissa around Christmas time always has her eye open to see who it is the Lord can use her to bless. And it's not it's in it's in the most Broken places. It's in broken places. Now, listen, I'm not a big fan of peddling, standing on the corner and giving everybody money. How I many know I think that's a little bit of an enablement? I said it's more like enablement. Uh, but there are some people who have needs. And, uh, and I know that once we went driving down Battlefield, we saw a lady with a, um, a cart, four or five kids behind her. And she was heading to the Goodwill to do her Christmas shopping. I mean, no, you have to ask God to give you a heart for humanity. And it didn't take a whole lot. We just pulled over into the parking lot. We slipped in without anybody wanting to see us. I mean, no, if you want to be seen, you already got your reward. That's why I was cautious in telling the story here. But, but I, I think it, it makes the point. There are people with needs all around you. And we didn't do much. The lady collected a few things at the Goodwill to give her babies for Christmas. It's in the basket, 10 things, probably $2 each, whatever. Not a lot of money. How I many know it doesn't take a lot of money? Sometimes it doesn't take any money to be generous. So when she went to the checkout, we just, the lady was crying, just so grateful, so grateful. And it didn't cost a whole lot of time or energy. What she didn't know, that we had a big old Tom Turkey in the car we gave her for Christmas. 
Boy, it's a wonderful thing to see people receive. And how many know Jesus said it's better to give than to receive? Why? I always wondered. Lord, I think I like receiving better than giving, I think. Let me know what I'm saying. Sounds selfish, doesn't it? More blessed to receive than it is to give. But Jesus said that because in giving, in giving, uh, it's more humble to receive because when you, re- when you, when you receive, uh, when you give, you're in control. When you receive, you're not in control. How many know it's very humbling to receive? Anybody have a hard time receiving? See your hand. Of course you do. Of course you do. Some of you are not even receiving this message I'm preaching. So you see and know the plight of the needy. You'll never give it to them. Once you, once you give and see it, you'll never stop giving. We were in DR. Chrissy, you remember we went to DR? And we, uh, we were told by the missionaries to bring. Allie, were you with me? Were y'all, y'all with me in DR? Anyway, missionaries said, bring some little toys to give away to the kitties. But when you gather, they're going to run. They're going to gather together. We can give them little toys away. I called my sister, Linda, and she gave us some little baseballs. Remember that from the dollar store? Case of baseballs, little rubber baseballs. DR, DR, they like baseball. Sammy Sosa. Anyway, poor boy didn't make it into the Hall of Fame. But um, we were in DR, and we had a service. And we brought enough toys, we thought, for the week, seven days. But the first night, they piled up. In the dark, in the dark, kids piled up behind the truck. Gary and Joni were trying to give these little trinkets and toys away, just little stuff, little dollar stuff. And you would think the joy that came on their face. And they lined up, didn't they, Chrissy? And by the second day, we were out of stuff. They just took it. And we were so blessed to give it. But the need is greater than what you have. It's not how much you give. It's the willingness and the heart. To see the brokenness in humanity. By two days we were done. Until you see it, you know it. You'll never understand what I'm saying. You don't have to travel halfway across the world. How I many know there's poor people right here? And chances are good that you work uh, or worship with somebody who's desperate in need right now. Let me just say that again. The chances are your neighbor, somebody you work with, somebody living on your block, are in a very bad way. And you could be a blessing. Well, Pastor, I don't have enough to meet my own needs. If you leave it open, God will take it out of your hand. And how many believe God could put it right back in your hand? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's like, I don't know, cast your bread on the water and it will come back to you. Give and it shall be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together and running over. Does anybody still believe that? So you learn how to give from your heart. Give. Give from the overflow. Let the brokenness of humanity burden you. You have no. You have to be intentional to touch people with the need. Otherwise, I don't know that God's going to really give it to you. And realize God has given you the opportunity to make things better for somebody. When you see it, then you have a desire in your heart to try to do it. So change the way you think about money. Expose your heart to the brokenness of humanity. Here's a little thought. Before you do big things, try to do little things. Everybody just looks at it. I can't give to missions around the world. Listen, nobody's asking you to give to every missionary around the world. But boy, the joy of belonging to a congregation that believes in the mission of God. Listen to me. If you give a penny to missions at Oak Grove or 10,000, I mean, oh, it's not, we don't look at who's giving. We are 
Oh, you missed it. We are, and what we give, we give together. It's kind of like the three musketeers. What we have done, we've done together. No, is that the three amigos, maybe? <laughs> so, praise the Lord. Carry some money with you. Let me just give you a hint. It's like I had those little three little. I did that today, Chris, Melissa, to show them a little, little ice cream cone. A little ice cream cone. Just to lit up, lit up their day. You know, just a little ice cream cone. Doesn't have to be a much, but if you can keep cash. How many ever tried that? Just keep a little cash and just walk around and just bless somebody. How many has ever received a Pentecostal handshake? A couple of you. Well, I love them. And if you feel in Pentecostal today, I love them. But I've also given. Put a little money in my hand, shake somebody's hand. Did it, I did it this morning. I did it this morning. Don't know how much. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter the amount. The person's eyes, and it came with a note. I gave him a note. You understand? It's generous, generous. It just does something for you. It just, it just, it does something more for you than it does for them. And I asked the Lord about it. Lord, why does giving do so much for the giver? Said, because then you're opened up to me. So the one with limited resources gives to them, and the one with the unlimited resources gives it back. I mean, that's a pretty good deal, right? Talking about favor. So here's one that's really hard. I'll, I'll just leave you the challenge there. There, if God, if ask God to reveal ways to express His love and generosity to people every day, open doors, maybe greet somebody, write a note, all of that. More than money. Number four, uh, start giving from your overflow. Just do more than you're doing right now. God rarely ever, if ever, works from a closed hand. You're gonna pry your fingers open. What I'm telling you today is you're missing out on potential. Of being a generous giver. Some people are gifted. There is a gift of giving. It's one of the gifts of the of the kingdom, right? The gift of generosity. That, that's, that's a gift. But there is this attitude that all believers should have that if you tried it, I think you would just never stop. But I, I want to tell you that it takes time to spend time. So so what are you spending? Chrissy, I mean, Tori was what, five years old, babe? And she was uh somebody gave her Two dollars, I think, in the church at my last church, and um, and so she was only five. And so Melissa said, "Baby, what are you going to spend? What are you going to spend your money on?" And she said, uh, "I'm going to spend it on Jesus." Five years old. So Melissa said, "You know, hey, babe, this is a gift to you. You don't really have to spend it on Jesus. They gave it to you, so you can give whatever you want." She said, "I'm giving it." So she gave it to BGMC. Pastor Bear's not here today. Go BGMC. Where's Pastor Bear? Oh, they may be having a little bear. Just pray for them. You never know. Last word, he was about five minutes apart. Somebody ought to be praying and shouting glory. God bless our little youth pastor's wife. Well, she's not little right now, but she will be in a few hours. She needs deliverance. So she put it in the BGMC and some, that week. Was it that week, Melissa? Somebody gave her a $5 bill. She gave it in that service that day. And uh the end of the service, she walks out to the foyer, and a lady in the church foyer said, Tori, I don't know why, but I feel led to give you a $5 bill. I mean, oh, the Lord can multiply it. Silly little story for a little five-year-old. 
My point is, I'm not here to embarrass you, but if a five-year-old gets it, how many know some adults might ought to get it? A heart. It's a heart. Anybody can do this. And God, he works from outside the system. He can bring income into your hand as long as you can keep it open from places you would never believe. How many ever gotten uh, resources or money or something from places you never believe, like the IRS? Hey, if you got something from them, I mean, know oh, that's a miracle. It's a miracle, people. So it's crazy. Energy, maybe favor, kindness, respect. It's 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 giving. It, it, giving a little is giving a lot. So it doesn't have to be crazy or negative. I, I don't want to do that kind of thing, but need to start back where where we started. Lord God, I want to be a generous person. I don't want to be growing old and become grumpy. I want to be generous. How can I do that? So, so when you close your hand on what you have, you exclude God's help. And when you keep it open, He can take anything out of it. He desires. He can also put anything He desires. My experience is I've struggled and learned over the years. I've never felt like God owed me anything, but He always has proved Himself faithful. I wonder if we can take just five seconds to lift our hands and thank the Lord. Hasn't He proven Himself faithful to you? Hasn't he been good to you, favorable to you? Hasn't he been gracious and kind to you and to me? I love him, and I think he deserves a praise. Amen? Amen. Amen. So when you respond with generosity in your heart, God responds with generosity from heaven. It's just that simple. Last one. I know you can't believe this. I'm about to favor you and let you go early. Don't be afraid of spontaneity. Don't be afraid of spontaneity. I love it, spontaneous giving. I love spontaneous worship. I love spontaneous times to get away and pray. Anything you do for God, how many know every good and perfect thing, if it's bad, God didn't give it to you. There's this idea of people thinking that God is so good, he wouldn't do this, he wouldn't do that. How many know most of that is from the fall of man? God didn't create disasters. Everything was perfect until man messed it up. Quit blaming God for everything we did. God's gracious and kind and merciful, and his mercies are new every morning. So if you don't feel very gracious today, if you don't feel very favorable, if you don't feel very generous, you feel stingy, grumpy, old, and, you know, no good, just realize that God can save your old wicked heart. He can change your heart. He can take that old stony heart and put in a heart of flesh. Amen? The Holy Spirit can change your attitude. Here's how we deal with this. Men and women, this is what we do. We ask God to keep our hearts open so that if God wants to speak to us by the Spirit, encourage us to do something, we haven't built such a blockade against it that we can't get through it. Be open. Be open to spontaneous giving. We ask God at the beginning of the day, sometime during the day, Lord, maybe as we see the opportunity, Lord, do you want me to help here? Is there something I can do there? And I understand it's a wicked world and people, hard to trust anybody anymore. But lift up your eyes and see. I mean, you might even put a dollar in a peddler's bag. It's hard to when they're eating and you don't even have food to eat and they're eating on the corner. It's a little bit. How many know there's a little bit of uh, uh, shyster stuff going on? Crookedness, perversion. Are y'all hearing me? So don't be so gullible that you just give all your money to somebody who has more than you do. But if God speaks to you, I mean, it's good to listen to the voice of the Spirit. 
Man, if you'll listen to Spirit, He will spontaneously tell you, given this offering, do that, give to that person, do this, or open that door, or send a word, or, or call somebody on the phone, or just anything. Pick somebody up on the road. Not hitchhikers, right? Stranger danger. So weekly, perhaps daily, we pass people in need. As adults, we know we can't stop for everybody, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't stop uh, for anybody. Are you hearing me? You can't meet everybody's need, but God could help you to meet somebody's need. How is your, how is your um, generosity meter, <laughs> your generosity tank? Are you on full or are you on empty? How well are you doing? Only you know. But that's how people become known as generous people. They're sensitive to it. Amen? That's how a church becomes known as a generous church. You know, we have programs, promote the, but we promote the spirit of generosity. Amen? And it comes down to generous people. A generous church is made up of generous people. And so, you want to know how we made it these last 20 years? I don't know about the 55 years prior to that. But the last 20 years, we made it because we are a generous people. We give to missions. I think I asked Jack, next week is our annual business meeting. I asked Jack, I think we're close to 20%. Again, 20% of our total income goes to missions. And that's why the favor of the Lord is on our lives. And this, say, how does this tie into favor? You want favor in your life? Learn the spirit of generosity. Follows it. Amen? I think of David Grant. He was a young man, evangelist in our Sims of God, who lived off of 90% and, and he gave, he lived off 10%, he gave the 90% to missions. Single young man, didn't have any bills, anything, didn't have Beth. I mean, when Beth came, things changed. <laughs> I told y'all at the beginning of this series, I had two daughters, which means I was limited in my generosity. <laughs> they, we were generous to them. But here's the deal. If you learn the lesson of giving, generosity, and change your mindset on money and how you view it, and look at a bigger picture, a kingdom picture, pray about becoming a radical, generous person. Look what 1 Timothy 6, 17, 19. Tell those rich in the world's wealth, quit being so full of themselves and so obsessed with money, which is here today and gone tomorrow. Tell them to go after God who piles on all the riches we could ever manage to do good, to be rich in helping others, to be extravagantly generous. If they do that, they will have treasury that will last, gaining life that is truly living. Two different things we can send to heaven today as they come back to the platform. Only two things you can send to heaven, souls of men and the word of the Lord. I mean, the word of heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God sustains forever. And souls of men, are you investing? Listen, when it does come to money, listen, there's three things you ought to do with it. You ought to save some, give some, and enjoy some. But I think that most people are enjoying it all, forgetting that there's a lost world out there. So let me stop and say, maybe I'm preaching to the choir, or maybe this is a new message to you. Oh, Grove hears it at least once, twice a year. If you haven't learned the spirit of generosity, you need to catch this message. If you want a blessed life, if you want a life of favor, 
not without, not without problems. All of us face problems. But live with an open-handed spirit. God. The question is not how much of, this is what David Grant said, the question is not how much of my money I give to God, but rather how much of God's money I keep for myself. That's radical. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I want to do more. How many say, Pastor, I want to do more? I want to have a bigger heart. I want to have a generous spirit. I want to cultivate and develop generosity as a virtue in my life. Can I see your hand? How many like to do that? Would you stand with me, all of you? I'm sure all of you do. You're just not voting. Please vote next week. It's our annual business meeting, for goodness sakes. I want to remind you, too, that in your life, you're either moving toward the treasure or you're moving away from it. Okay? So, look, look, gather all you can for yourself. Right? You're moving. You're moving toward it uh, or, or away from it. Because, because as you get closer to heaven, you're moving toward your real treasure and away from the earthly treasure. Kind of like the guy who died and was buried and said he wanted to be buried with all of his cash, hundreds and thousands of dollars. And so they put all that money in the casket. Well, Boudreaux from South Louisiana, he came along, wrote a check, took all the cash out, put the check in the casket. That's how you do it. The point is you came into this world with nothing and you leave this world with nothing. You ain't going to get anything that's going to have anything. Anything that's going to be worth something is going to be eternal. So I'm asking you today, whoever you are, I can tell you one thing. You're either headed towards your treasure or heading away from it. I've chosen as much as I can to head toward mine. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Max, when I get to heaven, I hope to see little kids that were catching that little trinket, buck 298. They might have given their heart to God in that little crusade that night all the way in Dominican Republic. I couldn't speak Spanish. I couldn't do anything. Just a little gesture of love. But when they get the bus and the bus stops at the gate and they get off the bus and they say, where's that little bald-headed man with a mustache from Oak Grove? Peter's going to say, who? No, I'm teasing. I hope I'm there. I think the world's yearning to see some generosity in action. We ought to be the champions. I said, I said if anybody ought to be the champion, it ought to be the church. So I want you to lift your hand in the air. Would you just ask God, may the Spirit of God move in this place today. Father, we thank you today for the service. It all goes back, Lord, to the fact that we are the first recipients of generosity. You so loved the world, you gave your only begotten sons. Whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. You did that, God. You didn't just go down and send somebody else incidental gift. No gold or silver could have ever done that. You gave your only son. That's how generous you are. And if you will receive us, God will thank you. Give us that spirit that you have. Give us the Holy Spirit, spirit of generosity. Come and live, Lord, in my heart. If there's anybody here today online, if you've never received the grace of God, if you've never received the favor of the Lord, the grace of God into your life, if you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is the day to give your heart to God. You really won't comprehend. You will never understand how much he gave to you until you surrender your heart to him. That's all you have to do. I urge you. If you've never received, take the opportunity. Accept the generosity of God's gift into your heart. You will want to be to others as God has been to you. If that's you, I'd love to pray with you today. 
We're going to close the altar. We're going to ask you if you want prayer today. Our prayer partners are coming. They're going to pray for you at the end of the service. We have oil. We're going to anoint you with oil. If you're sick and you don't feel up to it, don't worry about it. We've been praying for Carol's mom. We've been praying for others that are sick, praying for those who lost loved ones. Max, it's so good to have you and Allie here. We love you. We know. We know the days after are harder than the day of almost. We miss her so much. So maybe you're hurting today. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. Our, our prayer partners were supposed to be moving, I think, to, to the altar. I don't know what happened, but uh, they're heading this way. And they're going to pray for you. They're going to ask God to help you. And if you, don't, if you have to go, please be careful out there. Take care of yourself. Be safe. Don't forget, if you want to have part of that missions meeting, it's 5 o'clock tonight. Meet us here. We'll have that meeting. And uh, we have 6 o'clock service. But here's the call. Not only those of you who are sick or have a need or prayer, if you want to be a generous person, these altars are open for you. You have room in your heart. If God has to pry open your hand, let him pry open your heart. If he can get your heart, he'll open your heart. You feel like the Lord wants you to have generosity, I invite you to come. It's a free gift. We're going to worship the Lord together. Come.